This podcast contains explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Creepy Cannabis Podcast, where we chat all things creepy, cannabis, true crime, paranormal, and weird. I'm Madeline. I'm Rachel. I am in the midst of a raging (laughs) sinus infection, so if I sound funny, don't come for me. I got COVID tested, dose, and I'm negative. Dose negative. Dose negative, but I sound like Creature. Who like my you know the naked cat who has like the Darth Vader? That's just, what I sound that's like. I know where he is. Like the amount of nose blowing, you're probably gonna have to edit out of this. Mm-hmm. So sorry. Um, also, pre warning, I'm hoit today. Hoit. Hoit. Okay. Hoit. Is anything in what you're smoking calming? Because it may be necessary. Um. Yes. Oh. Yes. Oh. And it's at 31.32%, which is pretty damn good. How are we going to go shopping after this? That's a real question. (laughs) You will be deceased. (laughs) She is going to pass away. Um, mm -hmm. Uh, It's called Green Gelato, which um, here is produced by a company called Forward Grow. But it is a balanced indica hybrid so it's made from thin mint girl scout cookies strain which there's a strain called girl scout cookies love it there's Wait, also a, th- a strain called thin mint girl scout cookies. my class was like they put thin mints in your weed oh, yum, 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 yum. and then the other um strain is called sunset sherbet so pretty much like if you could smell that's why i was asking you to smell it earlier if you could smell it's so like citrusy and I hit a little bit with it ground up like that. It's like a unique, sweet, citrus, earthy. It definitely doesn't have that like typical like aroma. um oregano. It definitely has oregano. a you know because look here. Well, there's the different. Stuff. There's really diff- depending on the terpene, it's gonna be either like peppery, <clears throat> earthy, woody. No, versus that was definitely... citrusy, sweet, um, tangy, matri- uh, mango. Yeah, that's what I got. That one I definitely got a lot of, like, tangy and sweetness. And that is going to be the limonene. Limonene is citrus, lemon, tangy, sweet with its aroma, and it's really good for uplifting, um, good antidepressant, energy, pain relief. Limonene is at 0.84% in this strain, so that's the highest terpene, and that explains everything. (laughs) And then um, mercine is the second, beta mercine, 0.62, and that is, like, mango, mango citrus. But also gassy, like that, like oh, I see cannabisy, that gas, that gassy sweet. Um, but it is so it has an extremely high THC percent. In the one strain that I found online, it was only twenty seven. This one's thirty one point three four, um, which is even higher, and it gives you a head buzz. Has your body. You know, developing a sensation of not wanting to move around much. So that makes sense, being indica dominant. And it's um, says it induces elevated sensitivity to your surroundings. So we'll see. <laughs> How can you be sensitive when your whole body's numb? <laughs> I don't know, that's you're point. like laying there numb, but you're like, I can feel everything <sighs> though, bro. Yeah, you're numb, but you can feel it. <laughs> Um, it makes you want to chill out and have a good time. It's generally, like I said, very citrusy, fruity. Um, which is clear. That's like a lot from the sunset sherbet strain side of things. Um, and then it also like once you break into it, it has like this earthy, dank smell. So that's like it's citrusy, but it's got kind of like some piney scents to it as well. And it's really good for treating depression, PTSD, generalized anxiety. All and of which you'll have after this episode. That's so probably correct. Things. Yeah, and it's really just makes you. Um, makes you unaware of your body, so it's good for dealing with pain. Great. So there you go. Um, so when I decided to do this story, I knew of the story, but I didn't know all the deets. And um, I'm just going to give a 
uh, like a broad stroke trigger warning right meow um it's <laughs> there's things in here i was not prepared for during my research it's very heavy in every possible way it involves um sexual assault it involves cannibalism it involves animals being injured which i will give a disclaimer before said things to allow you to ex-nay uh because i get it but at the same time maddie and i were just talking about this because we want to do what the people want you know but nobody really communicates with us we've had like a comment or two so for now we're just doing what we like and i've always been way more into the longer more detailed kind of gory things i like them for my trip to work because i'm a psychopath Mm -hmm. whereas some people i think really respond well to some shorter more like just touching on some things so on the person we want to know we want to know what you want and um even if it is just one of you that's still more information than we had yesterday that's true we had one person tell us yes and then we did an episode for her and then i've been really self-conscious ever since because she never said anything about it and i'm like oh no did i disappoint her because I live in crippling anxiety land. Yeah. <clears throat> you know? She and probably now, just hasn't listened to it yet because she has a life. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, bitch, I got other things She's going like, I on. don't even know you. <laughs> and I'm like, I literally don't care. Well, I looked and I'm pretty sure she's from our state. Maybe she does know me. And they just lifted the outdoor mask mandate. So she's probably like, I got places to go. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to a restaurant, bitch. No fucking mask outdoors. Bye. Meanwhile, they said that and I was like, I must not go outside. <laughs> It's dangerous out there. It is. Well, I think no masks if you're vaccinated. No, I think it's no mask outside, period. But as soon as I'm done being sick, I am driving myself right to one of those drive-up vaccine things, and I'm getting stuck. Mm -hmm. So it'll be fine. Can you imagine the freedom I feel? I'll be just, like, running in the streets, like, breathing fresh air. And I'm like, it's amazing. (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited. Because now that I'm done all the fertility treatments, um, RIP to my uterus. Uh, she's not going to do what she needs to do. So we'll be moving on to other endeavors. And I just told Maddie, judging by, I don't know, every one of these stories, there's plenty of children that could benefit from yes. adoption. Probably not into this household, but. <laughs> yes, into this household. We're cool. What if we adopt a child and they're allergic to cats? I mean. Good riddance. Then I could have a laptop around here again. <laughs> to my just cats, kidding. I would never. Just I would kidding. just, I would never. I could never. I don't know what I would do. I no. think I'll just have to, like, put it into the universe. Like, listen. They just can't be allergic to cats. This is a hard line in the sand for me. Just kidding. My thing is, hear me out. I'm not just one of those kidding. crazy people who thinks, like, <laughs> that, like, if an animal's attacking a person and that person's going to die, like, I'm going to save or try to save that person. Well, yeah. But animals are lives they're little lives and i feel like you shouldn't be willing to just be like you gotta go because you're not convenient for me like no it's actually really fucked up when people do that no you should know the limitations of your household and set that forth as a parameter i'm gonna come in hot and say i have five cats more importantly it's fucked up when people pretend that is the case and then they dump their old dog at the pound and then they go get a puppy because they're assholes when people do that i literally understand murderous rage i honestly will kill that whole family (laughs) I don't even care. You're dead. Your daffodils are dead. Your You're fucking all tires are the being worst. flattened. And by that whole family, I mean just the parents, because obviously the kids had no say in that. No, we gotta still. take the kids and then teach them to love animals. Like, how are you gonna do an old dog like that? Kids who don't like animals freak me out. They freak me oh, out. I know, I know. When they're like, animals, and I'm like, who are your parents? I know. I've got you. Because as a child, I thought I was like a fucking Disney princess. Mm-hmm. I'd see a bird and I'd be like come to me <laughs> i'd like hold out my hand with birdseed and i'm like i've seen Bird disney seed. movies i know you'll fly to me and talk to me mm-hmm. that's all folks so that was just some lighthearted banter because i'm trying to avoid this story that i brought this upon fucking us strain is strong as fuck <clears throat> i can smell it and i can't breathe everything that they said is correct <laughs> correct well today we are talking about an australian case what 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 about Catherine Knight, who, from my research, was a very infamous, crazy, crazy lady from Australia. Catherine Mary Knight was born on October 24th, 1955. <gasps> it's almost my birthday. I know. And my mom was born in 55. I was like, <gasps> she's the same age as my mom. Because my mom was August. Um, she was born to Barbara and Ken Knight in Tenterfield, New South Wales. And she was one of eight children 
I believe I had some difficulty. So four of the children were from Barbara's previous marriage to a man named Jack Rowan. And then it said that she had four children from the marriage to Catherine's father, but I could only find some of their names. So I'm a little fuzzy on that. I did my best. Mm-hmm. Um, fun fact, Barbara left Jack due to a drinking issue um, and she had been cheating on him with Ken <laughs> Knight, who was a co-worker. <coughs> I thought you said 10. No. <laughs> and then you were pausing to say 10. No, no, okay. no. Ken, Ken Knight I see. was a co-worker of her former husband, Jack. She was cheating on him and she left him and got married to Ken. Mm. Originally, Barbara and Jack lived in this really conservative rural town and the affair brought out so much gossip and trouble that Barbara and Ken just literally had to move. So they moved to um, Tenterfield. Um, I hate small towns for that reason. It's just like, mind your business. Like, she's a Literally, cheating, mind your business. She's cheating. Who cares? Like, they figured it out amongst themselves. Like, why is that? I mean, I'm she never going to move because I cheated. Like, I'm not moving. Towns. Like, imagine me going outside. I'm like, I literally have to leave my neighborhood. Absolutely Yeah, but not, not done. Well, not here no, here nobody gives a shit here that's the least of their problems <laughs> no one gives a shit about anyone else here but that's the best part correct so with the divorce of the move two of barbara and jack's children stayed with their father and two went to live with one of their aunts in sydney but none of them moved in with barbara and ken at that time hmm. Catherine was a younger twin and her sister's name was joy and then she had two other siblings but i couldn't find all the information on them I don't know if that's deliberate. Like, those kids were like, no, I don't even want to associate. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I just am a terrible researcher. Um, so, yes, Catherine and Joy. Catherine was the younger twin. Um, sadly, in 1959, Jack, which was Barbara's first husband, passed away. And the two sons that were living with him came to live with Catherine, Joy, and then the mom and dad, Barbara and Ken, in a place called Morley where they've been living. I found a little tidbit on here, and I'm not sure. It's not really relevant, um, but Catherine's great-grandmother was an Aboriginal, and she liked to think that her family was Aboriginals, but it was kept a secret at the time because there was a lot of racial tensions, um, and she didn't want to pose issues for the kids. Hmm. Not that anybody cared about these children. Um, because apart from Catherine's sister, Joy, she wasn't really close with anybody, and even they had like a pretty contentious relationship most of the time. Um... So sorry. I'm so nasally and I just hear it and I'm so self-conscious. It's not that bad. Um, in a lot of these like crazy cases, I feel like I always want to have a reason like for why these people did these things. Like there has to be something that happened. Like if you look at Richard Ramirez, mm-hmm. he had a fucked up childhood. Like oh, yeah. no one is surprised that that man lost his shit. Like no. not an excuse, but you're not shocked. That's the same thing for Catherine. She and I get it. People have really bad lives and they don't go on to murder people or do crazy. They really things. don't. But this, when you hear about this person's life, it's like you aren't surprised though. You're mm-hmm. not. You're like okay, mm-hmm. like not cool, but mm-hmm. not shocked. Um, before I get into her upbringing though, um, one thing that I found really interesting is that her crime in particular. So spoiler alert: this leads to one main murder. That's what we're going to talk about like what led up to this murder but the crime was so heinous and Mm. so gruesome that to this day video evidence of the murder is still locked up because they feel as though the public like could not handle it and i'm sick so i tried to look up photos and there's like very minimal and they are gross if they're actual pictures and of what the crime scene yes so another spoiler because i told you oh my god maddie's alarm is going on Ruining my vibe. Oh, that's rude You're and not disrespectful. Sorry. <laughs> I did not think that I had an alarm um, uh, for ten fifteen. What is that for? But I feel like most people have heard the story or a version of it. It ends in cannibalism hmm. and like a really grisly, like brutal murder. So it was said that some of the police officers that were first on the scene quit the force. They were like, "No, I'm out." They had to have therapy jurors were like released from having to participate because they were given the option and told in advance like you're gonna have to look at stuff that's very difficult to what see. were they looking at like photos of what she did to oh my god 
It was so bad that even some major media outlets refused to write about it because they were like, people can't handle this. And you know the media doesn't give a shit. I have goosebumps. They don't give a shit. I don't even know what you mean. You do on your little leggies. Ah! The media doesn't give a shit about people. That makes them so much money. And even some of them were like, no, you know what? We're good. We're not going to do it. Ew, Um, I don't like that. What'd she do? It's just the way she killed him in the scene that she left was like atrocious. She was actually the first Australian woman ever to be sentenced to life without parole, which is crazy. Is it's got to be so much. Um, so anyway, back to her and what led to this fucking bleak ending. Catherine's father, Ken, was a literal piece of hot steaming garbage. Mm. He would beat Barbara, her mom, on like such a regular basis. And it was so often and so much in front of their children that they were completely desensitized to it. It was just, like, part of their day. Like, they would see her beat up. They would see him attacking her. And there's, like, what's for breakfast? Moving on. Like, it didn't even register in their brains. It was just how their life was. Dude, I don't even... Okay, continue. Also, trigger warning. I gave people a second to back away. Mm -hmm. He would rape Barbara up to ten times daily in front of their kids. Just full, right in front of them while they're... And watching cartoons, eating their breakfast, just beating and raping this woman, and she's just, I don't know what the I honestly was. don't even understand the, the. I don't understand why she left Jack, because he was an alcoholic, and she was like, Ken seems great. Oh. Like, I'm sorry, but Sean's I'm gonna pass alcoholic. away. <laughs> I'm like, I surely will prefer that to the alternative. How is this a thing that's just happening throughout the day like violent i can't even imagine like when i read these stories and i tell them i just i kind of step away from them a little bit so i say the words but i don't like really let myself but also like it was hard to tell because obviously i would imagine her mom is traumatized but like when she says things later it's like she's just living her life it's very weird so As a result of, like, this clearly perverted family structure that was just so normal, Barbara would also openly talk to her daughters, Catherine and Joy, about the intimate details of her sex life and how much she hated sex and men in general. Um, Yeah, no one's going to like sex, and it's not a choice. No, and it's just like, but the way she would talk about it from what I read, she was just like, this is shitty, like, I'm not into men, like, this is horrible. And But then she would tell them, like, about like physical sex things she was doing it was just really bizarre what i honestly think is she was just she dealing a mental illness i think she was dealing with so much of her own trauma that she just but lost the ability to like mother her children because i mean she's a human being and she's going through she extreme trauma and i think her brain couldn't like you just want someone to listen to you i don't think she could like mother at that point in her life um it was also reported that on one occasion, Catherine, as she when she was older, complained to Barbara, her mom, that one of her partners wanted her to participate in a sex act that she wasn't comfortable with, and Barbara was quoted as telling Catherine to put up with it and stop complaining. So I think that Barbara just, like I said, I think there was just too much going on for her that she could not be there for, like, anything happening to her kids. She was dealing with her own shit. Um, Catherine later reported to psychiatrists that she was frequently sexually abused by several members of her family, although she did specifically say never by her father. Um, and this went on until she was, like, 11 years old. Oh, they no, didn't really want to substantiate her claims, but they did because they had doubts. However, several other family members supported that claim. Hmm. Um, and one resource that I read said that it was her half-brothers, uh, Jack's sons that moved in with them, that they were heavily involved. Ooh. But it definitely said that even though they had doubts, enough family members actually came forward and said, yes, like, this really did happen, so they had to believe her. Um, Dude, it's so fucked up. What was, like, so sad is Catherine was actually noted as being, like, a mild, kind person who would experience, like, murderous rage at small, like, inconveniences. Um, but one thing I will say, I because I do a lot of, I've been through a lot of therapy from, like, it's no secret. I had a lot of things happen when I was a kid. And you were hard pressed to find somebody who hasn't had some shit. True. And in therapy, I would always talk about, like, I would get these bouts of just anger. Just, especially when my feelings were hurt. I would get really angry instead of getting sad. 
And my therapist would say that trauma causes rage. Like, that's just a natural thing that happens, and you have to, like, anticipate that and work through it. So I wasn't really surprised to hear that she'd be totally fine and then lose her shit. Um, <clears throat> she grew up in a situation. She had no control over her body or her safety. She had to come home to, like, fresh hell. And as a child, if unless somebody intervenes, like, you're stuck there. So, <clears throat> you know, not excusing her actions, but I'm not surprised. Damn. In school, she was a bully, and she would pick on smaller, weaker children, just because I think that's how she asserted her control, was to then be mean to other people. Um, she assaulted at least one boy with a weapon, and a teacher, she assaulted a teacher also, but that teacher was found to be acting in self-defense. Um, but what was really crazy to me when I was researching is that if she wasn't in like the middle of a rage episode, she was a model student and would get awards for good behavior. Like, but then if you pissed her off, she would just, like, come to fisticuffs and lose her shit. Um, one thing I didn't mention at the beginning is that the town where Catherine lived was known for their, like, butchery and slaughter market of pigs. And that was, like, everyone's dream job, and that was Catherine's dream job. Like, that was oh what God. the whole town was known for. Um, it was common for teenage children to kind of coast through school just until they se- could secure a job and live out their slaughterhouse dreams, which is weird but whatever. And that's exactly what Catherine did. She dropped out of school at 15. She was unable to read or write, so I don't know what the fuck that school was doing. In the school, at 15? In the school I went to. Now, I went to a Baptist school, so things were, like, a little different. But in the school I went to, you couldn't graduate kindergarten unless you could write your own name and you could read. There was, like, a... Uh, yeah, that seems like a bare minimum. Yeah, it was really bizarre. So, I'm not sure. It was a different time, but... A she, different time? <clears throat> Jesus. I don't know. 15? I mean, if the town is just, like, no offense if you live in, like, a rural area, but, like, a town where, like, everybody's dream is to go slaughter pigs, like, I left out the name of the school specifically. I was like, I don't know what they Ain't were doing. that the truth? They don't need that negativity. What state? Um, it was in, hold on, Australia. Oh, right. It was in Australia. Duh. I don't know why, Australia. but because why the I town was, was called about? New South Wales, I kept wanting to say Wales, but I was like, no, no, it's Australia. I was thinking Texas for a moment, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Texas. No, I was like waiting for you to come for Alabama. That's <laughs> that fucking Alabama. State. We have zero listeners in Alabama because Maddie won't get off the dick about it. <laughs> I said one thing one time. For However, 20 minutes. I stand by it. <laughs> The only negative thing I have about Alabama is that literally the. Um, Humidity is so fucking thick, like, you can't They're take so a step. so fucking redneck down there. <clears throat> I have to take a brief pause to blow my nose, which we will edit out. Please hold. Um, anyway, so, she did drop out of school at 15. She had a brief job elsewhere before landing her dream job at the local, it's called an abateur, which is a fancy name for slaughterhouse, but abateur. I can't say it, so I'm gonna say slaughterhouse. Um, I bet you couldn't have guessed, though. She was a natural at butchery and was pretty quickly promoted. There was some, like, different resources I looked into that talked about some kind of shitty things she did that to the pigs. And I decided all. I didn't need to put that in there. No, we don't need to. Just know that if you can imagine that Texas Chainsaw Massacre version with uh, Alexander Daddario and he, like, works at that slaughterhouse, like, that's how I picture her. Yeah, she's fucked up. She, I mean, she is. For many reasons. But. Yes, but it's like, you know. So Damn. she was quickly promoted because they were like, Catherine's a natural. And as a reward for her promotion, she got a set of butchering knives, which she hung above her bed. So, and I quote, she said, they would always be handy if I needed them. This comes into play later. Mm-hmm. Remember how convenient it is to have them right above your bed. Very convenient. Oh, I just lied. You'll understand later. She did have them above her bed. That's all true. She continued to do this with the knives everywhere she lived until her incarceration. BT dubs. Weird. Um, so here Catherine <coughs> was living her best bully life. That's and so she weird. made quite a name for herself. What if they fell on you? What if there was an earthquake and they fell on you and killed you? I don't think she would care. This bitch was making a name for herself. She was known for starting fist fights with anyone who upset her. She was just going around fucking people up. Like, you crossed Catherine, uppercut. This is why I don't leave my house. Accurate. But also, what's <laughs> alarming to me about this story and what you'll see is the amount of people who knew this bitch was insane and kept coming back for her. 
I don't understand. And we're going to discuss this. We're going to talk about male safety in relationships because she was throwing around that vagine and they were eating it up figuratively and probably literally as well. Mm -hmm. She was showing vagina power in a way I've never personally experienced. Because if I did some bullshit to Sean and I was like, but let's have sex, he'd be like, no, I'm going to bed. You don't deserve this. Whereas she'd be just running amok and all these guys would be like, all right, we can have sex. Like, I have never been in a relationship where I was a total piece of shit and that incited a boner. No. In my life. But this chick, living her life. Wow. <clears throat> so. Well, you don't want to have sex with those type of people anyway. No. Like, yeah. Like, I feel like even guys, like, have an emotional connection to sex. They're not just like, oh, you just berated me. Let me just lay one on you real quick. Mm. At least not Sean. He's got a soul. So he's like, no, you've been a douche. Go to bed. Think about it. Think about what you did. You ain't getting this D. Um, so in 1973, Catherine met a co-worker by the name of David Stanford Kellett. And as you may have guessed, she was extremely domineering in their relationship. Mm-hmm. If David got into a bar fight, Catherine was right there to whoop that ass on behalf of her mans. She was like, you fucking come to David, I'm gonna lay your ass out. Uh, she reminded me of fucking Susan from that one episode, yeah. except for Susan was an angel. And Susan was crazy. an angel. Like, if Susan decided to wake up and choose violence, she'd mm-hmm. be Catherine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do. Um, David was known as a bit of a heavy drinker, so I could only imagine, like, seeing them out on a date night at the local watering hole, like, just him all drunk, starting shit, and then her fucking finishing it. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the new Mortal Kombat movie? No. I just picture fucking Catherine in the bar, like, finish him. <laughs> like, fucking throwing out her butcher knife finishing moves. I literally cannot. She's scary. I cannot. She's scary. I looked at pictures of her, too, and, like, I could see it. I could see it. Do you want to Hold on. I have to pull up a picture for Maddie really quick. It's an emerge. One I could look it up. I just broke. I'm so sorry. Hold on, people. This is very urgent. This is her. Oh, my lord. Like, she doesn't. There, I can see it. There, I'm like, okay. She's scary there. Like... She looks like Donald Trump in that picture. She does! Ah! She looks like Donald Trump! Go she back. Does. Look at her. Oh it's a God. black and white picture. Oh my God. It's, just re- it's the reincarnated form. No, she's still alive. Mm-mm. Maybe they're related. She Look at this one, though. Like, Ay-ay-ay. what I'm saying is, she's I know scary. that beauty is only skin deep, but I don't see anything that would compel me to lead myself into her murderous arms. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. No. But she's also smaller than I thought. So Very like, small. What is she doing? Like, uh, going around town fucking people off? Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. David and Catherine got married a year later in That's 1974. Crazy. And they arrived at their wedding on Catherine's motorcycle. She was driving and he was inebriated on the back. I'm dead. Um, he... <clears throat> David's at the Barbara. Catherine's mom pulled him aside and gave him this advice. And this is his quote. He said... The old girl said to me to watch out. You better watch this one or she'll fucking kill you. Stir her up the wrong way or do the wrong thing and you're fucked. Don't ever think of playing up on her. She'll fucking kill you. And that's her fucking mother. Bitch, you created this child and you're just letting her marry this guy. Damn. He said she told me she's got something loose. She's got a screw loose somewhere. So uh, things started off great in this relationship. I'm scared already. <clears throat> the next part of the story is just... It should make you angry because it infuriates me because she showed so much violence leading up to the murder that it's like, I don't understand. She just kept getting like slaps on the wrist for some heinous shit that I'm just like, so I'm going to kind of try to cruise through it a little quicker because it is a lot of information. Oh, you're going to get so angry. So on their wedding night, right? Day one, she tried to strangle David. Um, he explained it was because he fell asleep after only having sex with her three times. And that, I'm not surprised that she has a lot of rage around sex because she grew up watching her mom be sexually assaulted on a daily basis. So I think she has some type of correlation between sex and value because she definitely gets really fucking triggered if you try not to have sex with her. Um, their marriage was particularly violent, especially towards David, because from everything I've researched, he never tried to, like, defend himself. He just... Oh, my God, no, Poor David. fucking David. 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 Why David? Oh and then on one occasion, a heavily pregnant Catherine 
Because the way the world works is I'm infertile, but this bitch had so many children. She had so many children, guys. Um, so she was pregnant. She burned all of David's clothing and shoes before hitting him the across shoes. the back of the head with a frying pan. And I'm like, cast iron or... Oh my God. You know, I want to know. Cast um, iron. Do you guys want to know his infractions? Do you want to know what he did to make her so angry? He came home late from a darts competition because he made the finals, and so he had to stay later. This motherfucker just wanted to play darts, and he got laid the fuck out by a frying pan by his pregnant-ass wife. No, that is really heartbreaking. That poor man, he should have left. In fear for his life, he fled before collapsing in a neighbor's house and was later treated for a badly fractured skull, so that bitch must have been cast iron. She wasn't playing. Oh, my God. No, she wasn't. I feel like if she's a butcher, she's definitely about that cast iron life. Um, police wanted to charge her, but Catherine was now on her best behavior and talked no. David into dropping the charges. Oh, no, David. No. David. Well, he probably, like, cares about his children and his pregnant wife. So sorry. Oh, I must pause again to blow my nose. I'm struggling. <laughs> Listen, it's allergies. If you live in this, this state, you know, like, people will come to the vet. Everyone at work is sick. It's disgusting. It's a sinus infection from allergies, man. You can't do it. It's like the pollen just... If you live in this state, you know the fucking struggle. I know. I don't really suffer from it too much, but my eyes are puffy in the morning. Just you wait, because mine didn't hit me until I was like 25 years old, and then I'm gonna. Oh, I'm already beyond that. It can happen at any time, okay? <laughs> she thinks she's better than us. No. <clears throat> in May 1976, shortly after the birth of her first child named Melissa Ann, David left Catherine for another woman and moved to Queensland. Apparently... Unable to cope with Catherine's possessive, violent behavior. Oh, dear. So instead, he just leaves his child with her and goes to fuck off in Queensland. I mean... This is the next trigger warning. It's about child violence. Oh, no. Okay, that's enough. Uh, The next day, Catherine was seen pushing her new baby in a stroller down the main street, violently throwing and shaking the stroller from side to side. Oh, my God. How is this woman allowed to exist? She was seen and admitted to St. Elmo's Hospital in Tamworth, where she was diagnosed with postpartum depression and spent several weeks recovering. Um, Immediately after being released, she placed her two-month-old daughter... Um, Melissa on a railway line shortly before the train was due and stole an axe and went into town threatening to kill several people. This bitch has just left her baby on a train track, rolled into <laughs> town with an axe, and everybody was like, this is fine. They said you're not going to jail. Absolutely not. And oh, when you find out why she doesn't go to jail, you're going to be so angry. Um, so there was a man who lived in the district known as Old Ted. Dude. Um, and he happened to be foraging oh. near the railway line oh, and found Melissa and was able to rescue her minutes before the train angel. was due. Um, Catherine was arrested and taken to St. Elmo's Hospital, but seemingly recovered, signed herself out the next day. <laughs> Talk about passing away. Like, I'm going to wow. fucking I want pass to. away. I want to, because that's <clears throat> absolutely... I just... It doesn't make any sense to me, is what I'm going to say. Yeah, to that. correct. Um, <coughs> so sorry. And the ganja. And the sickness. Shit is strong. <laughs> it she is. A few days later, Catherine, um, you know, because she's better, slashed the face of a woman with one of her butcher knives and demanded that she drive her to Queensland to find David. The woman escaped when they stopped at a service station but by the time police arrived, Catherine had taken a little boy hostage and was threatening him <clears throat> with the knife. No. She was only disarmed when police attacked her with brooms. Cleaning equipment. I'm I'm brooms. dead. <laughs> I've passed away. They attacked her with brooms? We're literally in heaven telling the story <laughs> because we've passed away. Why brooms? The information was unclear. Do they not um, have guns in Australia? Oh no, they don't really. No, but also like I don't not think that anyone would have done anything because like no one's done anything up to this point. They're just like, oh, this lady's crazy. She's not gonna do anything. She had an axe. No, this wasn't an axe day. This was a butcher oh. knife day. The axe day was, you know, the last arrest. Butcher knife. 
Yeah. Regardless. Correct. So she was um, admitted to the Morissette Psychiatric Hospital, um, where she told the nurses she had intended to kill the mechanic at the service station because he had repaired David's car, which had allowed him to leave. Um, and then she wanted to kill both her husband and his mother when she arrived in Queensland. Hmm. So the police informed David of this. And would you like to know what he did? David. Would you like to know what David and his mother did? What would you do? People, what would you do? If I found out my crazy ex was literally slashing faces, leaving my baby on a train track and axing people, and I found out she was looking for me and my mom to kill us, what would you do? I'd fly to America. Yeah, to the land of the free and the home of the fucking brave. No, no, that's not what David I'd fly to anywhere else but there. <clears throat> David found this out. He left his girlfriend, broke up with her, and he and his mother moved to Aberdeen to support Catherine. So at this point, Australia is doing their fucking level best to acknowledge mental illness and, like, treat it appropriately. But, like... I think they're going a little overboard because, like, anytime a mental illness leads to, I don't know, trying to murder entire towns, like, maybe don't let her sign herself out. <clears throat> I would just say that she needs to be locked up. She does not need to be signing herself out of anywhere. She needs to not be able to. Yes, <clears throat> that's correct. So she's trying to kill these people and they're like, you know what? Let's take care of her. And I, I don't know. It wasn't clear. Maybe that was because they were, like, very concerned about Melissa. I don't know. But Melissa's on the train tracks. She got rescued by old Tom. Okay, but still. In the town. Um, Jesus. I know. I'm trying to, like, get... There's so much information. I'm trying to, like, get through it. Um, Catherine was released on August 9th, 1976, into the care of her mother-in-law. And along with David, they now moved to Woodbridge, a suburb of Brisbane, where she got a job at the Dinmore Meatworks in nearby Ipswich. On March 6, 1980, I bet you can't guess what they did. They procreated. And they had another daughter. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. Another daughter named Natasha Marie. Um, And then in 1984, Catherine left David and moved in with her parents and then rented a house in nearby Muzzlebrook. So, like, after all this, you just up and leave this man. Which, honestly, the best thing that could have happened to him. But, like, just before you were... Whatever. I'm in... I'm shooketh. <laughs> oh, I was researching this, and I was like, no. This can't be correct. These are lies. That doesn't even make sense as a storyline. But I me. found them on several sources, so... <laughs> um, although she did return to work at the slaughterhouse, so she, she moved back to, like, where she was originally living, and so she was working at that original slaughterhouse. Um, she injured her back the following year and went on a disability pension, um, and she no longer needed to rent accommodations close to her work, so the government gave her a housing commission in Aberdeen, like, where she was. Um, <clears throat> moving on to the next poor bastard on her fucking hit list oh was my God. another David. Just, just telling you, it's two Davids. I can't even. And then two Johns. I can't even have someone text me back. What no. is this? This bitch, I told you she had that golden vision. <clears throat> what is this? There was something special coming off of her. So... Catherine met 38-year-old David, um, who was a minor. His name was David Saunders. I'm done. So, David number two. She met him in 1986. A few months later, he moved in with her and her two daughters, but he kept his old apartment in a place called Scone. So, he had that apartment, but he lived with her. Um, Obviously, Catherine became super jealous regarding what he did when he wasn't around, and she would throw him out a lot, and he would move back to his apartment in Scone, and then she Mm -hmm. would follow him and beg him to return and then you know he would come back why would he go back i'm so confused i've never had any type of control over a man like this like i could no men today are woke they're not having any of this bullshit oh my god they would not no they don't even respond when they like you let alone um, stay if they are being abused we have a animal trigger warning I'm going to give you a longer period of time because animal abuse upsets me more than human abuse. Oh, true. I always cry. I'm going into it. I'm so sorry. In May of 1987, she killed his two-month-old dingo pup by cutting its throat in front of him. Just as an example of what would happen if he ever had an affair. 
And then she knocked him unconscious with a frying pan. Her weapon of choice, apparently. Oh, my God. <clears throat> oh. I don't know what she fucking loves so much about her frying pans, but she why was like, Why is she out. like this? <laughs> but why are they still there? Like, after killing my animals? Why animal? is she like this? But then guess you what You can't happened? just go guess around bashing people in the head. So guess what happened after she killed his dog and knocked him out with a frying pan? No, he stayed. No, no, guess what they did together. I need you to guess. Had another two. <laughs> in June 1988, she gave birth to her third daughter, Sarah. David! Which prompted David to put a deposit on a house, which Catherine paid off when her workers' compensation came through in 1989. So he gave up his freedom, bought a house David. because they had a baby. Catherine decorated the house with animal skins, skulls, horns, rusty animal traps, leather jackets, old boots, machetes, rakes, and pitchforks. They literally said there was no space including the ceilings that wasn't covered with some of her shit. I'm deceased. Fucking Davy Crockett. I cannot. I just don't understand how this woman has existed <laughs> for so long. In any capacity. It continu- oh, it just it Continuing continues. to do these things and not being in jail. Continuing to have a baby every 15 seconds. It's fine. Um... After an argument where she hit, <laughs> more of that. Uh, after an argument where she hit David in the face with an iron before stabbing him in the stomach. Excuse me, can you repeat that? An yeah. iron. An iron. 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 Listen, the thing that irons clothes. Iron. iron. I don't know. She hit him with an iron. 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 She hit him with a, in the face with an iron and then stabbed him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. Only then. Wait, only then. Wait. I didn't even register what you were saying. <coughs> Listen, I'll give you a demonstration. She's ironing clothes. Mm-hmm. She picks it up, whacks him in the face. Hot. him in the stomach. <gasps> I don't know if it was hot. I'm just guessing. It was definitely hot. <coughs> <coughs> it's definitely hot. That is not my sickness. That is the god. sound dead. I just want you to know how committed. Also, I'm sorry that this person is clearly <laughs> mowing a lawn directly beneath us. He's been mowing his lawn for so long and now it's just gotten to the point where he's closer to the window. I need to know why it sounds so close. Ow. That's actually really disturbing. It's fine. Okay, so she hits him, she stabs him, and only then did he roll out and he moved back to Scone. But he later returned and found that she had cut up all his clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, so David took a long service leave and went into hiding like a normal person. He was like, this bitch is insane. I'm going into hiding. And she tried to find him, but no one would tell her where he was. Um, several months later, he did return in an attempt to see his daughter. But he found that Catherine had gone to police and told them that she was afraid of him. So they issued her with like... Um, the American equivalent of a restraining order. Wow. So after he got murked, <clears throat> she got a restraining order on him. Like, I'll have the last laugh. I just absolutely don't understand Australia, apparently. <clears throat> I don't understand how anybody could look at any of her history and be like, she was a victim. In no regard. No. Um, next on her hit list was a man named John. In 1990, Catherine became pregnant. It's fine. By a 43-year-old. What number is that? This is four. Okay. Um, She became pregnant by a 43-year-old former slaughterhouse co-worker, yet again, named John Chillingworth. And they gave birth the following year to a boy named Eric. So she has three daughters and one son named Eric. Um, Their relationship lasted only three years before she left him for a man she'd also been having an affair with for quite a while named John Price. I'm absolutely deceased. So, yes. I can't even get a date. Two Davids, two Johns. Um, okay. Sadly, John Price, <laughs> and quite poetically, would pay the ultimate price for loving Catherine. He is her murder victim. Spoiler alert. What? John Price, this new guy. Oh, no. <clears throat> so, she never... Well, we'll get into that. So, she left 
the other John, Chillingworth, and now we're to John Price, who is the victim in the situation. Oh, John. So John Pricey Price, that was his little nickname, Oh no. was a father of three <clears throat> children when Catherine started her affair with him. Um, he was actually known as being really, he was known as being a, air quotes, terrific bloke. He was liked by everybody who knew him. He had been married to the mother of his children, but that ended in 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, his two-year-old daughter did remain with his former wife, but the two older children lived with him. I couldn't find out how old they were, but they were older and they lived with him. Mm-hmm. And by all accounts, he was a good dad, too. Like, there was nothing... <clears throat> <laughs> there was nothing that indicated that he was any type of way other than loving towards his children. Okay. John was actually very well aware of Catherine's violent reputation when she moved into his house in 1995. So he's just a sadomasochist. I guess. His children liked her, though. Um, From, like, all accounts, they liked her. Like, she was... There was no record I could find of her ever being violent towards his children. Hmm. Until the very end, which, whatever, you'll see, but... Mm. Where was I? I see. He was making a lot of money working in the local mines. And apart from violent arguments, at first, like, people were quoted saying, like, their life was a bunch of roses. Like, it was fine, but they would have these bad arguments and then things would be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it said violent arguments, but I, from what I could tell, there was no, like, I think it was more verbally violent at the time. Um, in 1998, they did have a pretty bad fight over John's refusal to marry her. Um, and in retaliation, Catherine videotaped items he had stolen from work and sent it to his boss. The items were literally out-of-date medical kits that he scavenged from their, like, trash. Like, that they had thrown out. But he was fired because she sent that video and he lost his job that he had for 17 years. Which also... What a bitch. Your job is kind of a douche because, like, you threw that stuff away. Who cares if he takes it? It's literally in the trash. So, in principle... Like, you're just gonna, whatever. But, uh, that same day, he kicked her ass out. Yeah. Um, and she returned to her own home, um, while news of what she did spread through the town. So, at this point, like, everyone in the town knows, like, this bitch is crazy, and they're like, absolutely That's fucked up. Like, they don't want anything to do with it. Um, a few months later, though, John restarted the relationship, but he refused to allow her to move in with him, thinking that would, like... But my thing is, like, eventually that's where it's headed. Like, I don't understand why you think that whatever what is with this girl the fighting apparently became like way more frequent and most of his friends wouldn't have anything to do with him how could it possibly be worth it in any way no that's what i'm saying like she i don't know what's what is what what i'm not saying your worth is in your looks but i'm saying she didn't have a good personality so that's all that's left and they weren't but like what are they getting out of the relationship i don't know like i think just sex maybe from what i from what happens later there are um, dolls for that. But her, his friends were like, we're not going to associate with you while you're with her. Like, she's fucking bananas. So he was just, it's just him and her, like, isolated. <laughs> um, if I did any of this shit to Sean, like, he'd be on oxygen snapped. Like, when husbands kill their wives, he'd be like, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm done. Um, sadly, though, his friends were right. This was the rekindling of that relationship was the beginning of the end. That was it. No. Um, in February of 2000, a series of assaults on John culminated with Catherine stabbing him in the chest. At that point, he was like, I absolutely can't do this anymore. And he kicked her out of his house. That's when he said, I absolutely can't do it anymore. After he gets fucking stabbed. But meanwhile, where are the police? Because she stabbed so many people. By She point. stabbed so many people. On February 29th, he stopped at the Scone Magistrate's Court on his way back to work and took out a restraining order to keep her away from him and his children. Which, I have a really big problem with restraining orders, because, um, what are you going to do if someone attacks you, throw the paper at them? Yeah. I, like, there was a whole movie on Lifetime when I was a kid. No, it's just a matter of the consequences if they get arrested. It was about this lady who, like, got a restraining order because no one else would help her with anything, and her, I think it was, like, her ex-husband or boyfriend, maybe I'll do the story one time, Mm -hmm. she was outside of the, either the motel or the apartment building where she was living, and he attacked her and stabbed her to death in front of, like, 50 people. And they all were just like, we're not getting involved. And she died. With her restraining order. So anyway. Which, I hate my life. I the restraining life. order isn't even the real problem because he fucks up big time as well. But um, 
So he took out the restraining order. Um, that afternoon, he also told his co-workers that if he didn't come to work the next day, it would be because Catherine had killed him. And they begged him not to go home, but he really thought if he didn't go home, she would kill his children out of rage. I'm sorry, but why? Why are the police not being involved? I don't really know how the justice system is set up there. I don't know if this was, like, him not properly communicating. This needs, like, a, <clears throat> a hostage negotiator this to get the children out of the house. Bananas. Well, I'm going to give her some credit for one part of this, which we'll see later. Then she fucks up again, but... Um, so John arrived home to find that Catherine wasn't there, but she had sent his children away for a sleepover to a friend's house. So she had come there and gotten his children out of the house, which should have been sign number one. I don't know why she was merciful to the kids, but she was. She sent them away because she intended to fucking murk his ass. And he sees that, um, but he spends the evening with his neighbors and then goes home and goes to bed around 11 p.m. I couldn't really get a lot of information on this next thing, but it was no. Why wouldn't you just sleep on their couch? Right. Or whatever. Honestly, though, he seemed like a good person, though. He was probably genuinely concerned she would kill them. Like, he believed she wanted to kill him. But yet, you'll get so angry. Um, earlier that day, Catherine bought some new There black... are things that can be done. She bought some new lingerie, some black lingerie, and she videotaped. I, I don't know what this meant. It said she videotaped all of her children while making like crude comments so i don't know if she was like in the video like i don't know how the lingerie correlated Ugh. with the situation but i didn't i don't want to know feel the need to dig any further I don't know. <clears throat> so she later arrived at john's house while he was sleeping and watched tv for a few minutes before taking a shower um <laughs> she then woke john up and they had sex yep Yep. And I just choose to believe that not all men will, like, literally what is happening. If Sean thought I was going to kill him and his children and then I came in there trying to have sex. What is in that woman's vagina? Is it cocaine? Is it heroin? I don't know. Is it heroin needles every time they have sex? She just boop, 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 boop. I don't know. But she has the vagina. There is nothing that I can even understand. No! About Sean wouldn't even let me give him a BJ if I was acting like that. Bro, that's scary behavior. It's crazy. How are you? (laughs) They had sex, and then this MFR fell asleep. Listen, my dudes, this is a PSA. There's no vagina that that's good. He passed away. There's literally none. He passed away before he passed away. Yeah, well. Okay, I'm so sorry. I can't put it off any longer. It's time to talk about what happened to him. At 6 a.m. the next morning, the neighbor got a little concerned because John's car was still in the driveway. Um, and then he also didn't arrive to work. So his employer sent one of the co-workers to see what was up because he does just not like him to not go to work. Obviously, before this job, he had a job for fucking 17 years. So he's responsible. Um, both the neighbor and the worker uh, were there at the same time. And they were trying to knock on John's bedroom window to wake him. But after noticing blood on the front door, they called the police and they got there around 8 a.m. So breaking down the back door, I, I really try to narrow this down because there was too many details that like made me sick. And I had to leave the pertinent ones on here. I'm so sorry. Um, police found his body with Catherine, who was comatose from taking a large amount of pills. So she had tried to kill herself after what she had done. Of course she did. Um, while John was asleep, she had stabbed him with a butcher knife. And according to the blood evidence, he did wake up and tried to turn on the light before attempting to escape while she chased him through the house. They could tell from all the blood that he did manage to get out the front door, but either he stumbled back inside or she dragged him back into the hallway where he bled out. Thankfully, that's horrible to begin with, but the things that she did that were most horrible did happen after he passed away. Uh, so she then went into Aberdeen and withdrew $1,000 from his ATM account. So, like, she murders him, goes and does this. Then they start the autopsy because they're trying to, like, there was some more shit that they saw, which we'll come back to in a second. His autopsy revealed that he was stabbed at least 37 times in both the front and back of his body with many of the wounds extending into his vital organs. So 
she probably started stabbing him while he was asleep and then as he got up she was stabbing him as he was like leaving oh my god <clears throat> this is your last warning it's about to get real gross so. oh my god you want to dip out um okay so several hours after he died she skinned him and she hung the skin from a meat hook when the i don't know what this means this has the architrave of a door to the lounge room so i think she just like hung his skin on a hook like by their living room just his skin um she then decapitated him and she cooked parts of his body serving up the meat with baked potato pumpkin zucchini cabbage yellow squash and gravy she made this meal and set it up on the dining table along with notes beside each plate each having the name of one of his children so they have no other way to assume anything other than she wanted to feed him to his kids a third meal was thrown on the back lawn there was no reason they could determine but the speculation was that she attempted to eat it but couldn't what the fuck his head was found in a pot with vegetables still warm so like she had freshly done that shit um indicating that the cooking like i said took place that early morning um sometime later after she cooked everything up uh, she arranged the body. She was a busy bee. Yes. His skinless body. Mm. Um, with the left arm draped over an empty, mm. like, liter soft drink bottle and his legs crossed. This was claimed in court to be an act of defilement, demonstrating her contempt for him. She left a handwriting note on the top of a photograph of John covered with, like, small pieces of his own skin. I have no idea what she's trying to say. It said, time you got back, Jonathan, for raving my daughter. You to Bex for Ross. For little John. Now play with little John's dick. John Price. Sick. All the accusations in this note were baseless. There was no evidence he ever... It it sounds like it's implying some type of sexual abuse of the children, but there's no evidence. None of the kids ever, like, came forth with any of that. I think it's just, like, her trying to cover her She's just crazy as fuck. She's insane. Um... So, moving on to the trial. I'm so sorry for all those details. I left out a lot, believe it or not. Oh, my God. My tummy hurts. It's so gross. <laughs> like, I just, I'm a type of person who thinks about Thank that Thank God I smoked this week. <laughs> I think about how I'm going to die, and I'm like, that fucking bullshit, like, I cannot. I would be. <laughs> oh, my God. So, Catherine's initial offer to plead guilty to manslaughter was rejected. Um, and she was arraigned on February 2nd, 2001 on the charge of murdering John Price, to which she entered a plea of not guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, the trial was initially set for July 23rd, 2001, but due to some counsel illness, it was um, reset for October 15th, 2001, so just before her birthday. Um, when the trial commenced, Justice Barry O'Keefe offered the 60 jury prospects the option of being excused due to the nature of the photographic evidence which five jurors did accept. They were like, we're good. We like our lives. Peace out. You know that's bad when the judge flat out like is like, I have to warn you. What'd you, you say? Yeah, you would say. I have to admit, I have always had a very grotesque curiosity. Mm-hmm. I look up a lot of crime scene photos mm-hmm. and it's always been fine. I looked up the crime scene photos from that one I was telling you about where that, um, I think he was Mormon. He was murdered by his girlfriend. And there was a blatant picture of his decomposing body in a shower, and I have not looked up a crime scene photo since. Okay. I can... <laughs> don't ever do it. Because one thing I did not anticipate, and I'm just going to say it, that I can never get out of my head, is the look of someone's eyes when they're dead. Ugh. You, It's like... I know. Ugh. So bizarre. I don't want to like... I don't have a problem with, like, random body parts, random, like... Because it's a disassociation. But something about that guy's eyes in that picture, like, I just cannot do it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I only looked these up because it said they weren't, they didn't exist, so I didn't think I'd find anything. And then the one thing I didn't see, I was like, that was a mistake. So it wasn't even that bad. It was blurred out most of the way. Um, Okay, so when the trial commenced, the jurors accepted. Um, When the witness list was read out, to the prospects like several more also dropped out and then eventually the jury was impaneled and everything was good to go um knight's 
uh, sorry, Catherine Knight. Usually I say their first name. I don't know why I did that. Um, attorneys then spoke to the judge who um, met the following day. And the next morning, Catherine changed her plea to guilty and the jury was dismissed. So. Okay. It was now made public that Justice O'Keefe had been advised of the plea change the day before. Um, and then they ordered a psychiatric assessment overnight to determine if Catherine understood the consequences of her guilty plea and was fit to make that plea. Yeah, she's fit to make that plea. She's guilty. Well, her legal team had planned to defend her by claiming amnesia and disassociation, which is a claim supported by most psychiatrists, um, although they did consider her sane, which was weird. Um, Okay. And no reason has ever been given for the guilty plea, and despite giving it, she still refused to accept responsibility for her actions. Um, At the sentencing hearing, her lawyers requested that she be excused to avoid hearing some of the facts but they rejected that shit. Wow. Um, when Dr. Timothy Lyons took the stand and described the skinning and decapitation, she became hysterical and had to be sedated. I do think, like, there's some merit to... I, I don't think she didn't know what she was doing, but... It's like, from the little issues I've had where I've experienced rage and mine always results in just saying some mean shit I don't mean afterwards Mm -hmm. I do feel horrible it's like when I'm in that moment I would be like a monster and I'm like how could you even say this shit true and therapy has helped a great deal um because I'm not perfect Mm -hmm. but I do think there's some merit to I I don't know that she wanted to kill him I do think she like became so enraged I don't think she's innocent but I I don't think she I think she's sorry just so traumatized as a person that she just went crazy yeah like I do think she feels I don't think I don't even know that I think she feels remorse but like I don't know she's gotta have so much going on in her brain man after everything she's like done and seen yeah that would be fine if she shot someone in a blind rage but she cooked someone's head in a pot on the stove that's like like a lot of she skinned him alive. Do you know how long that would take? Do you know how many hours it would take to skin a human body? A lot of hours. And it sounded like she skinned him I would give up. Day. I would get. I wouldn't start, but I would give up immediately. <laughs> it would take so long. You'd be like, oh, this was not worth it. Never mind. Like, oh my God. Well, on November 8th, Justice O'Keefe pointed out that the nature of the crime and Catherine's lack of remorse required a severe penalty. And as I said before, he sentenced her to life imprisonment. Imprisonment, sorry. Um, he refused to set like a non-parole period in order that her papers be marked never to be released. So she, that basically she's never eligible for parole. Oh my god! Finally, um, someone sane. It's the like I said the first time that this had ever been imposed on a woman in Australian history, and this was fairly recent. Um, when? What, what year? 2001 is when this trial happened. Oh, right. So, like, not recent, but, like, recent enough. Um, In June 2006, she appealed the life sentence, claiming that a penalty of life in jail without the possibility of parole was too severe for the killing. I think not. And justices Peter McClellan and Michael Adams and Megan Latham dismissed the appeal um, in September. With Justice McClellan writing in his judgment, this was an appalling crime, almost beyond contemplation in a civilized society. Unbelievable. So, um, she is still in prison, where she fucking belongs. Good. And, um, never to be released. That's where we are. No new updates. She's just... Good. Catherine. I mean, after she fucking terrorized an entire village for My God! Years. She should have been in jail long before. Long before. When she, I don't know, put her daughter on a fucking train track or tried to kill a child with a butcher knife or... I mean... Stabbed multiple husbands, laying people out with frying pans. I'm pretty sure people were institutionalized for having depression. In 2021, if you tried to kill a dog, fucking Facebook would have your ass so quick. You wouldn't even make it to jail because you'd be stopped to death on the front lawn. Correct. Like, that, like, I don't know. I was, like I said, I wanted to do, like... Damn an actual like crazy crime i wanted to do a crime involving like a female murderer just because you don't see it as often but i was not prepared i just knew of her as catherine knight the cannibal killer like i didn't know anything about the deets when i started my research i just knew of her fuck 
we're definitely gonna have to go shopping after this yeah to free my mind of the trauma mm-hmm. that's a fact that's all facts i said it a lot but i definitely think next week i'm gonna or not next week but my next episode i'm gonna do something a lot lighter i think i'm gonna do like i'm gonna try maddie and i were talking about me trying to find like another movie related story or cursed kind of set situation something more mm-hmm. spooky that's not as bloody because like <laughs> honestly that was a lot i'm only gonna be able to eat noodles for the next three weeks i feel sick i'm so sorry please forgive me it's fine. I'm sorry it's fine sorry it's gonna have like no views they're gonna see her name and be like no it's fine what are you gonna do next i don't know oh you're gonna surprise us yeah i have no idea surprise okay that's all i have to say uh okay i have to go off bye bye